This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. TL Talk Radio, Season 6, Episode 37. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 37 of TL Talk Radio. I'm Lynn Funy-Hatton. And I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. Today, we're speaking with Adam Aronson, founding lead teacher at the Chelsea Opportunity Academy in Chelsea, Massachusetts. The Chelsea Opportunity Academy is a competency-based alternative high school in Chelsea, Massachusetts. COA offers an engaging and supportive learning environment for young adults seeking a new educational experience. At COA, every day is a new day, and the school is built on strong relationships that help learners overcome obstacles and grow stronger. COA students develop and practice the specific skills they need to be successful, valued community members. The school also offers flexible hours for its learners and a curriculum that's driven by learners for learners. Welcome to the podcast, Adam. Hey, guys. Great to be speaking with you today. Yeah, so what an interesting topic and, you know, certainly something that connects with some of the work that we've been doing in our district uh, around education reimagines work and this idea of open walled and bringing the classroom beyond um, the traditional four walls of a classroom. So let's get our conversation started with a personal story about how you became um, connected to this idea of sort of open walled learning, or in your case, the specific idea of um, learning outside or an outdoor experience course. I don't want to go all the way back to my childhood and Ron Schmidt, our principal's childhood, but, um, you know, the outdoors have always been a huge part of our lives and taught us a lot. Um, Most members of our school, uh, most staff members of our school are avid outdoors people, either hikers or fishermen or bikers. um, And we've all learned something from being outside. Um, So that's kind of the preface. Now, flashback to when we first created the school. Part of creating the school um, was an opportunity to do a study tour uh, sponsored by the Bar Foundation. Um, And during this study tour, we went uh, to a couple of different locations in the country, New York City being one and Denver, Colorado being the other to explore some interesting alternative schools. One of the schools that we visited out in Colorado was the Jefferson County Open School or Jeffco. Um, Jeffco has a really well-established graduation requirement called the walkabout. This walkabout is a performance assessment style task with six components to prove readiness for graduation. One of these components is called the quest, which is a grand scale trip or journey in their school. So we're talking either a trip to another state In some cases, we're talking a hiking trip, a multi-day hiking trip in another case. Um, 
but a really cool opportunity for students to demonstrate that they have the skills to thrive independently and they have the skills to, to become lifelong learners. We saw this in operation at Jeffco and said, wow, we want to take this to COA and put our own flavor on it. So we saw this idea out in Jeffco and said, man, we want to take this to the Chelsea Opportunity Academy and make this thing our own and try to build our own outdoor experience for our students. So this seems like a kind of learning opportunity that's probably not in most of America's schools. <laughs> most of America's kids don't have this kind of learning opportunity. So from, from your teacher lens, uh, share with us what kind of preparation had to happen to bring this kind of learning experience to your school. So there's probably like the operational challenges and then of course the instructional challenges. Like how do you how do you decide what are those competencies? How will kids be evaluated on that? How will their voice be embedded in that? So so what were all those sort of planning things that that were part of this this process of bringing this to life in your school? There's kind of three levels that we operated from. There's the district and looking at the district, how do we get such a complicated and new course off the ground then there's the staff with regards to training and then there's school culture um, so with regards to the district our superintendent our central office and our school committee were all super excited about the idea and very supportive um, and that involved presenting to them and they were wonderfully supportive as i said um, staff was awesome as well our staff was tremendously supportive. Um, and there's two categories. There are those that actually went out and led these outdoor experiences and those that helped to support the outdoor experiences by remaining in school when you know a couple of staff members were taking students out and running these experiences. So there's kind of two buckets of staff. There's those that actually went during the week with students and took them on these trips. And there's those that stayed in the building and we're supervising the building while we had staff members out um, to train those staff members that were going out on the trips. We actually worked a lot with the Appalachian Mountain Club in this program called the Youth Opportunities Program. And they run a program that prepares educators to run these types of trips. Um, it involved us actually going on our own outdoor experience. So four or five days, up to the White Mountains of New Hampshire, doing a backpacking trip where we act as though we are the students and two Appalachian Mountain Club trainers actually go and let us live this kind of outdoor experience lifestyle. So that could involve learning about root finding, that could involve learning about camp setup, that could involve learning about cooking, that could involve any number of different skills that we would need to learn, but all learned in this exploration-based environment. We were given the tools to learn. We were never instructed how to go about doing it necessarily. We had to rely on each other and our environment and that explorative process to learn. So having staff go through that process was hugely important and informative because that was gonna educate them as to how our students would be experiencing. And so that was going to prepare them to kind of be in our students' shoes and experience this thing the way they, the students, would be feeling it. So one of the things that I'm connecting to uh, is this idea that 
it was such a different idea that you had to engage some leadership in the sense that you had to influence others within your, I think you mentioned district to sort of uh, embrace this and, and bring this sort of onto the plate of opportunities that are available for students. So there's definitely some leadership that's involved in, in the planning of it. And then um, I like the idea of that you actually went on the the experience and sort of took on that role of the learner and and the idea that there appeared to be a lot of inquiry that uh you weren't you weren't given direct instruction you had to sort of work together collaborate and through inquiry trying to figure out how to make this how to make this work so some interesting connections there absolutely that was one of the coolest parts of being out in the woods and doing the training ourselves and in turn one of the coolest challenges as being an educator who leads these outdoor experiences is Instead of direct instruction, our role as the educator is to provide a net of safety and of relative comfort for our students to operate within. And that's it. So when we watch a student try to set up a tent inside out, it was really, really tough to not jump on the situation and say, whoa, whoa, hold on. We had to let them experiment with it, let them realize that the results that they were getting were not what they wanted, and then work with teammates to be able to fix that. So let's dig a little deeper. What does the actual experience look like? You know, how long is it? What are some key components of it? Clearly, they have to set up a tent. Um, but what else can you tell us about the outdoor experience? Um, as this is really a pretty different concept for a traditional high school or district to think about. The outdoor experience for our students really involves three different days. Now, all these take place during the school week um, and students are taken out of their classes to participate in this. On day one, that's kind of our that's kind of our training day for students. So that's where we show them what a tent looks like. That's where we demo how you might set up a tent. Um, that's where we show them how to plan a route using map and compass, not the route that they're going to be embarking on on day two, um, but how they would hypothetically do that. Building the knowledge base for our students so that they can access that information while they're out on the trail. Day two is where the fun really starts. Um, for most of our trips, they start with a five o'clock wake up call for all of our students getting to the school at 530 loading up the van with all of our gear, and then heading to a point that is unknown for our students, but is known for us. So for example, we're located in Chelsea, Massachusetts, um, which is a couple of minutes north of Boston. One trip, we trekked all the way out to Mount Greylock, which is about a two hour drive in Western Massachusetts. So there's the drive component. Um, once we drive, we unload the van, Students load up their packs and they get their mission for the day. And so that would be, for example, you need to go and arrive at campsite A, and then we need to unload our tents, set up camp and get to the summit and back down by the end of the day. The rest is your decision. So students at that time might say, well, when are we going to set up our tents? When are we going to make our meals? When are we going... And that's where our hands are off as educators. We say, hey, the ball is in your court. You need to make these decisions. And then what happens sort of in the, in the finale of the conclusion? Using the example of Mount Greylock, um, our students successfully took all their equipment, 
got to the campsite, which was about a mile in. Um, it started to rain in the middle of it, which was an added excitement. They decided that they wanted to set up their tents before we summited the mountain to lighten their pack weights. And so they did so. They put their food in a bear box. We hiked up to the top, made summit, came back down. And then at that point, they gauged the group, wanted to see who was hungry, who was not. And they decided that they wanted to break for their meal, had their meal. We all went to bed, got up the next morning, and then we pack out and we do a closing circle at the end of the experience where we reflect on some of the struggles and challenges that we have faced. So you mentioned um, the role of the teacher looks a little different and their real focus is to um, provide a net for safety and minimal comfort, or I don't remember exactly what you said, but in essence, making sure kids are safe, like, you know, How's that been for your teachers to sort of shift in that role of being the the backup or the safety instead of the front and center direct instruction leading every piece when you eat, when you um, create your tent, where you put your food, those sorts of things? I think that the safety and nurturing component is easy for us um, because we, we really love our students, right? And so when we see somebody who is really struggling, you know, we're pretty acutely aware of that. The challenge then becomes instead of us going up to that student and saying, hey, how are you doing? Let's talk. Trying to find a way to get the other people in the group to notice that and understand that so that they can provide the comfort and build that group dynamic. Um, and that can look like side conversations with people trying to get them to step up into leadership. So for example, hey, student A, Take a look, student B looks like they're having a tough time. What, what could you do? What could you do to help them out? And helping them create the idea how to solve the problem. Or another example, um, when we were going to set up the tents, um, it would have been very easy for me to say, hey guys, it's super muddy. There's some flowing water. We don't wanna set up the tent over here. Let's set it up uphill. Um, instead, it would be asking some probing questions to students and saying, hey, Guys, let's take a look at this campsite. Let's take a look at the resources that we have around us. Where do you think would be a good place to build it and why? And letting students go and explore. So Adam, how many years have you been doing this? This is our first year up and running, fully operational. Okay, so after that year, what would you say would be the benefits to the learners, to the faculty that, that lead the, the trips and also the culture of the school? So for the students, it has been transformative in terms of confidence um, and in terms of passion. Uh, you know, one of the highlights of this trip or of these trips was on our very first trip, we had a young man who rarely left the city of Chelsea. Um, and he was climbing up just a small rock face, about 10 feet tall. Um, and he got to the top and he was so excited about it. And I asked him, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And he turned to me, he said, Aronson, I feel human. Um, and to hear quotes like that for every trip, just, you know, it shows that it means something for these kids. They come back and they talk about that was amazing. I can't believe that I did this. I'm ready to do X, Y, and Z and creating those tangible goals and following through with those goals. 
Um, so there's that confidence piece for staff members. You know, I actually think that it gives us as staff members more confidence as well. Teaching in the classroom is an amazingly challenging experience and we do it day in and day out to be able to remove ourselves from those four walls and, you know, really educate the whole child, but outside of the building lets us flex our educational muscles. We get to, to really see what we can and cannot do and we get to learn who we are. Um, and then from the school standpoint, um, even after, Unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, only two seasons of this outdoor experience, there has become this crazy outdoor experience culture in our little urban school mm -hmm. where kids are excited to go on this thing and they're nervous and they're anxious. And when they come back, they're talking to their friends about it and they're ready to go. And the fact that it's one of our graduation requirements really makes kids love our school and looks, look forward to the experience. So let's um, sort of uncover the idea about relationships. And you mentioned that um, these relationships are really important to your school and your organization. How do teachers go about developing deep, meaningful relationships with learners um, and developing that trust that it must require from both sides to be able to engage in this outdoor learning experience? There's a couple of things behind that. Um, one is that when we looked for the people that we wanted to be educators in Chelsea Opportunity Academy, we looked for that as equality, um, wanting to build strong relationships with students. Um, we, when we first wrote our first draft of our mission statement and our core values, relationships and strong relationships were front and center. When we were gathering the data to create some of the logistics of the school and justify its opening, we looked at what causes students to drop out from high school. And we looked at exit interviews and we talked to students who dropped out. And one of the biggest components that they had was that they didn't have strong relationships in the building. Um, so without that, COA wouldn't work. So we found the right people to be there. Um, and in terms of, you know, what do we do in the moment to make that magic happen? we open up a bit of ourselves. So to allow that to happen in practice when we're in the building, just like you said, it's a two-way street um, in terms of building trust and building that relationship. So for example, we're a first name, last name school. Um, our general rule in terms of what students refer to teachers as is you can use their first name or last name as long as everybody feels safe and respected. So people will call me Aronson, people will call me Adam, and that's okay. And it's little tips of the hat that allow for that relationship to be built. Another example is our school rules and our school norms. Um, our students created a lot of the policy work for our school during the first couple of days of its opening. Um, so our rules with regards to hats and headphones students created with rules with regarding um, cell phone use, our students created those norms. And then on these outdoor experiences, it's just an extension of it. So, you know, when we're sitting around the campfire and students are talking about their past and they're telling us their stories, we're sharing with them too. And we're telling them who we are as people. Um, and we're exposing that vulnerability to them as well. We're all in this outdoor experience together and students really sense that. So the idea of collaboration and also sort of flattening the hierarchy, so to speak. 
Right, exactly. There's, there's this universal feeling um, when we take those students outdoors that we are all in this together. We're not eating different food. We're not eating at different locations. Um, we're all experiencing and going through this outdoor experience together as one group. You know, that, that is, that's just the background. That's the backbone of our school. Um, we hired people who love students and who, who are learners themselves. Um, and we look for that and we thrive off of that. And, you know, even it, it looks all the way down to our discipline system, man. You know, the fact that we are a fully restorative school with this idea that we can all learn from our mistakes. There's this humility and humbleness that comes from that, that is just pervasive in our school. And so the outdoor experience, you know, I fall and I slip on a rock, it's gonna feel the same as if a student falls and slips <laughs> on a rock. We're gonna help each other get up and, you know, mm -hmm. and, and fix the situation. All right, well, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about um, the outdoor experience, this idea of bringing strong relationships and hiring teachers who really wanna do this work and connect with learners. Um, and also um, thinking with a lot of intentionality about the knowledge and skills that your learners will develop on this experience and the culture that it creates. Very interesting approach to Openwald. And um, before we ask you our lightning round questions, last question, okay? Yeah, no, please. <laughs> what, what advice do you have for a district who might be thinking about creating something like this? Well, I can't give you one, I gotta give you two. Well, uh, sure. <laughs> one is know the plan and two is trust the boots on the ground. Yeah. Um, so I think that part of what made this thing a success is that we had this entire thing mapped start to finish mm -hmm. and that allowed that solid plan really allowed us to create those two or three days of uncertainty and learning for our students, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't just thrown together willy nilly. Right. Um, there was a strong box built for students to learn within. Um, and so that's advice number one. And advice number two is, like I said, trust your boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, that means trust your educators who are running these things. Um, that means trust your staff who stays in the building while you're out working with students in the field. And that means trust your students. They're going to follow through if you put your trust in them. They are going to do well on these outdoor experiences if you believe that they can. Mm -hmm. Sounds like good advice. Have a plan and trust in... Uh your staff and yourself, I guess, too. All right, lightning round questions. Are you ready? Let's give it a shot. So we added these questions as a way to give our listeners some additional resources or ideas for additional learning. So first question, if you were recommending one book to our listeners, what book might that be? It's common, but culturally responsive teaching in the brains are right ahead. And next question. What online site or resource or person do you learn from regularly? It's corny, but my students talk to them every single day. I ask them questions and they give me feedback. All right, last question. Who is an expert in this area of outdoor learning or outdoor experiences that we could refer our listeners to? I gotta give them the plug. Um, Appalachian Mountain Club's Youth Opportunities Program is a phenomenal resource for anybody who's interested in going this route. Thank you. And we will list those resources in the show notes. And so our final question, uh, Adam, is uh, what are you working on now that you'd like to share with our audience? What's next for you? 
And geez, trying to figure out how to do an outdoor experience via Zoom would be one of them. <laughs> um, but I think that we get COA's got a lot of cool things coming up. Um, you know, we're expanding, we're recruiting more students for the coming years. Um, and we want to expand our outdoor experiences. We'd love to be able to take our students cross country skiing and snowshoeing. Uh, the other thing is we're looking for a building. We'd love to be able to be in our own location. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Adam. It's been a pleasure learning a little bit more about this experience and making connections to our own work in our district. Um, for our listeners, if you're interested in learning more about Adam's work, you can check out some of the resources in the show notes. Uh, you can even reach out email and click on some of those um, links that he shared with us. Each episode, we leave you with a question to think about with the idea of provoking reflection and conversation. This episode's question, how might your school or district benefit from taking your learners outside the classroom walls for an outdoor learning experience? If you've enjoyed this episode, would like to comment or check out the resources shared today, visit the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for season six, episode 37. That's all for this episode. We'll be back next week with another conversation featuring other innovative thought leaders. Thanks again, Adam. Bye-bye, Adam. Bye-bye. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.